Welcome to Checks and Balances. I'm Michael Vincent. This is James Blair. And we've got Matt Harris in the house. We're here to talk about ethical property investing in New Zealand. Great to have you again, Matt. Good to be here again. Thank you. So every once in a while, I run across somebody and go, oh, you've got quite a bit of equity in your home. Have you thought about being a property investor? I'm not sure if it sits right with me in terms of my values. And the other one that we'll see all the time as well is just the constant media bashing of these greedy landlords increasing rent, taking their capital gains, you know, taking all their houses away from first home buyers. So it's been something that we've been meaning to talk about for a while, and there's probably no better person to have us join uh, to join us than you, Matt. So where should we start? Yeah. Look, I'm definitely a landlord, as you know, uh, and I also work with a huge amount of landlords. Mm. Uh, I think we've got over 2,000 landlords on our books. So I think probably there is a myth in New Zealand that landlords are greedy, that landlords do not provide safe and healthy accommodation, and that in general they're just arseholes. Mm. So I want to start by saying that's actually not true, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And... I, th- I think that uh, there's a, there's a, there, this misconception can be pretty easily uh, dispelled if you look at the behaviour in the market at the moment. Yeah. Especially with regards to high interest rates, especially with regards to the uh, increasing tenancy laws, interest deductibility, et cetera, et cetera. So where should we start? Where should I we start, Mike? Well, I mean... I, th- I think it probably the first place to start would be the top level, right? So every time when we hear about a tenant uh, or a landlord in the media, it is negative, right? Yep. It is al- always negative. You'll hear about some lady in Wellington who's like, you know, renting every room out to, you know, a different family and it's overcrowded and she's breaking this law and breaking that law. The overwhelming majority, like you said, of landlords aren't, that is not how they are managing their properties. And also, I'd say the majority of landlords aren't someone with 50 properties or 60 properties. It is mum and dad with an investment property trying to get ahead. And you made a really good point there about the um, uh, the rent not increasing, or that's what we're getting to, the rent not increasing in line with the costs, yep. uh, especially with the tax uh, changes that have recently come in. Yeah, so let's start with rents. Mm. I knew you were going to give me somewhere to start. Uh, so Eventually. If, yeah. So we look at rents. Overwhelmingly in New Zealand, landlords do not write, uh, raise their rents uh, quick enough, mm. in line with market, in line with costs, or frequently enough uh, in a commercial sense. So in a commercial lease, for example, you can expend, uh, expect a minimum 3% or similar uh, price index rise each year. At least, yeah. At least. Mm. Some some uh, people will have a, a higher ratchet clause than yep. that. Uh, that. That doesn't exist in uh, residential tenancy agreements. It can exist, and we do advise our clients sometimes to put it in. I put it in mine. It doesn't mean that I'm going to use it. Often we don't, but it does set the expectation that there might be a rise. Uh, and if you look at some of the costs that landlords are now uh, incurring uh, that they didn't, so for example, letting fees. Yep. Uh, for example, a lack of interest deductions, uh, which are either getting phased out for in situ properties or don't exist if you bought one after mm. March uh, 21. Uh, we look at increased interest rates. Uh, all these things put a cost onto the landlord, which is not getting passed on. And you can see that in the stats uh, for rent increases in New Zealand, which are very, very poor. Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, you hit the nail on the head. Statistically speaking, the average landlord is a mum and dad investor who works, who owns two properties. Mm. They own the bulk of investment property stock in New Zealand, and I'm pretty sure they're probably most people's listening's neighbours. Yeah. So if you don't like your neighbour, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I tell you what, I don't like mine. Yeah. <laughs> just, just kidding. You guys are great. <laughs> I really hope they're listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, how often do you hear conversations along the lines of, "Look, yes, I know I should be increasing my rent." But they pay on time all the time. They don't give me any problems. Oh. I just, I just want to leave them be. Yep. Yeah, like it, it, almost, I would say fifty percent of every time I'm doing a mortgage application for someone and they have an investment property and they've got one or two, I, I have that conversation with them. It's funny us three in this room probably see the most amount of rents charged. Yeah. Uh, in New Zealand. A lot more know, than other people. Yeah, yeah we yeah, see yeah. it in the accounting, uh, the tax returns, you see it in the mortgage applications, yep. you see it in the wealth plans. And we know their rents are too low. Mm. And and if you take an example of a property in Auckland, uh, a $900,000 property, million dollar property, probably rents for a maximum about $700 a week. Mm. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And yep. the cost of owning that property at the moment is, huge. is very high. Yeah. yeah. I think the other thing is when we, when people say that to me as well, I, it doesn't sit right with my morals, and I want to be an eth, you know how do you be an ethical property investor? I'm like, well, you know, I guess you are providing a service that the market needs. Not everyone can afford a house. Not everyone is always is ever going to be afford a house in their life as well. Unfortunately, that is the society we live in. There are mechanisms uh, that the government provide housing for those people, and you can buy an investment property, rent it to Kangora. And they will actually uh, provide social housing with that asset with your house. There are some advantage, tax advantages to that as well, like you get interest deductibility. But the the thing that I find really frustrating about that whole situation about interest deductibility being available for those houses and not for other in situ investment properties is that you are trying to tax people into uh, fixing the government's failings. The government has a blank checkbook to go out and buy land and build houses and do everything they say they're going to do and live up to their promises, but they can't or that for some reason they haven't been able to. So they're going to tax people into trying to fix that failing for them. And that's the bit that I find really frustrating. Doesn't that just tell you everything that you need to know about that set of rules? The government absolutely know who provide the bulk of accommodation mm. in this country. Yeah, It is mum and dad residential landlords. So by some stats, the government spends a million dollars a day on temporary accommodation in New Zealand. Mm, and that yeah. excludes the building of new yeah. uh, social housing or the buying of it. And they probably po most people don't know that the government spend probably 20 or $30 million a week buying housing. Yeah, I mean, you had that big block of land out in West Auckland that was scheduled for um, development and pro primarily for first-time buyers. And KO went in and snapped it up at like one and a half times the market value. Yep. You instantly there, you are losing out on first-time buyers who can't go buy those houses. Yeah, yep. so that we've got this whole group of investors who provide accommodation to the New Zealand public at a far lesser cost than uh, the government. Why do we think uh, people don't think property investment is ethical? That is probably where the discussion needs to go. Well, there's the whole piece around uh, you are taking a home away from a first-time buyer. That is... I, the argument that the media would put out there. The problem is that the reality is the gap between 
the haves and have nots is only going to grow over time. And there are always going to be people who they're they're never going to be able to own a home or they choose not to own a home. Now, the implications of that, you've got one of two options. Either if we're saying that not everybody can own their own home, either the government provides all housing and there is a stat along the lines of it would be a whole year of GDP for the government to buy all housing to um, to to pr- yeah to provide social housing to everybody. And without going on a completely different tangent, that's not the country I want to live I in. I didn't realize we had Kim Jong Blier on the podcast <laughs> today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or well, he doesn't provide housing for anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or the or the second option is you have private landlords. And I mean, the other thing is, if, have you ever tried to deal with a government department before? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately. Um, so if so, if you need private landlords, which based off what I've just broken down, a hundred percent, you need private landlords. Then, like anything in life, there's good people and there's bad people. And if you are, you know, I mean, you listen to checks and balances, so no doubt you're a good person. Um, <laughs> then. You can be one of those good landlords that gives somebody a safe home. You're planning your future over 10, 20 years. You can give somebody like a lot of peace of mind about where they're going to live, make sure it's the healthy home standards, all of those sort of things. Yeah, and no, I mean, great point with the healthy home standards because I, I can see in the past, and we've definitely come, we're not saying all landlords are perfect mm, and all landlords 100%. do do everything right. But there has been a misconception that New Zealand houses are colder and damper than other houses in the world. And I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. We just didn't build houses uh, like uh, other countries. Yeah. The Kiwi way was just to harden up. Yeah. If you're going to be cold, be cold. If you're going to be damp, be damp. Mm. Healthy homes rules have now completely eradicated that problem in theory because mm. uh, the law says that a house has to have a minimum amount of insulation has a minimum amount of heating sources. Yeah. Yes, I'm sure there are landlords out there that haven't quite got round to complying to that, but but they should have complied by now because the cutoff date is gone. What I find comical is that the government missed that date and uh, <laughs> yeah. extended their own date <laughs> by a couple of years to give themselves time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's funny, right? It's it's there's I think the the overarching theme here that we're trying to convey is that. Uh, you know, bad news sells and divisive news sells. Uh, and dividing us versus the landlords is a really easy way to be like, it's not it's it's not your fault, it's their fault. And I also, I find the same thing like with a lot of things in the media. It's not your fault, it's someone else's fault. So you'll click on this or you'll buy this to make you feel better about yourself. Mm. Yes. And it's not, it's, as you can, uh, as everyone can tell who's listening, that really isn't the truth at all. The majority of landlords are your parents, your neighbors, people very similar situations to you who have taken a risk and have gone out and bought a, an investment property or a couple. And right now, they'll be paying for that risk. Yep. Their pocket will be hurting. Mm, absolutely. And, and I bet they still haven't gone and put the rent up. No. Yeah, because the other interesting part is rents probably haven't increased at the rate we would have expected, right? Especially and with all the changes yeah. in interest rates, they are, they are very far behind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and also, why do we think that is? Yeah, it's, I think it's because we've got, we're have got we probably dealing with, by and large, ethical investors. Yeah. Mm. Uh, hey, I just want to leave one final thought, uh, which we, you know, at the start I said we can look into the market, and I think Mike talked about it a little bit directly, and, and you've talked about it. Are investors taking properties away from first home buyers? Mm. I think at the moment the answer is no. 
how many first home buyers are sitting out there, sitting on their hands, waiting for the market to drop mm. some more? Yeah. They complained when it was too high. Yeah. yeah. Now they're complaining that it's coming down. But it's not quite down far yeah, enough. Yeah, but it's yeah, not yeah, far yeah, enough, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I think that the media are also responsible for this perception that first home buyers don't get a fair run. Yeah. Uh, they definitely do. If mm. anyone has hurt the first home buyers, it's the government. Off the plans properties used to be easy to get and they were the domain yep. of first home buyers. Yep. Now, all the smart investors who are trying to balance out their portfolio with interest deduction are going and snapping those things up and they're paying more. They have the relationship sometimes with the yep. developers and they're getting those properties that would have been the first home buyers. Yeah, 100%. And, and often it's not just that they um, have the relationship with the, with the developers, just that they're, they're in a better place or they will make a decision quicker because they know like, I'm looking at this from this perspective. I know this is a good house. Great, I'm gonna get it. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Mm. So, for the person who asked us to do this episode, thank you very much. Mm. It's it coming back to that point of going. I don't want to invest into property because I don't know if it aligns with my values. Hopefully, this has helped you. Uh, where property can clearly align with your values. Thank you very much for joining us, Matt. For all those listening, make sure to follow, make sure to subscribe, and we will catch you next time. Cheers. Cheers.